Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all of the Horizon League's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Welcome in, everyone. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kinner, and we have a big show lined up for you here today. We appreciate you listening. And I tell you what, as we are getting further and further into the Horizon League season, every matchup just seems to feel bigger and bigger. And that's the way it should be. In fact, we have the biggest matchup of the season to this point tomorrow night on ESPNU. Number one versus number two, the Wright State Raiders, 7-1 in conference play, going up against 6-2 Northern Kentucky winner. Up five straight, all by double digits, by the way. It's a big heavyweight matchup tomorrow night on ESPNU. Nine o'clock, the tip off. The Wright State Raiders at the Nutter Center welcoming in Northern Kentucky. And that is one of, if not the biggest rivalry in the conference. And it will be on full display tomorrow night again, nine o'clock, the tip on ESPNU. We will be joined shortly. Uh, by Jim Kelch, uh, the voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky. His visit will be brought to you by Zervita. But before we get to him, let's take a look at some of the top headlines surrounding the Horizon League for both men and women. Let's start on the men's side. Shout out to Tyler Sharp for Northern Kentucky. The senior guard is this week's Horizon League Men's Basketball Player of the Week. Averaged just over 25 points per game and again set a record. He became one of 28 only 28 members in Norse history to eclipse the 1,000-point marker. Congratulations again. He joined the 1,000-point club, one of 28, and he is right now one of the main reasons that the Norse are rolling. Winners of five straight, all by double digits. They're going to definitely rely upon their senior guard tomorrow night at the Nutter Center if they want to pick up a big win against the Wright State Raiders. Shout-out as well goes to Amari Davis. He is the Horizon League Men's Basketball Freshman of the Week. Davis collects his sixth Horizon League Men's Basketball Freshman of the Week. Honor, which ties for the fifth most in Horizon League history. Of course, he led to the Phoenix. He led the Phoenix to a pair of victories this past week at home, averaging well over 20 points per game in wins against Oakland and Detroit. I'm telling you, and I've said this multiple times. I had to. I was lucky enough to watch him play in high school, uh, and, and it's it's fun for me to get the chance to watch him play in the Horizon League, and not just to watch him, but watch him have the success that he is having. Um, he's a he's a very fun player to watch. Uh, and I'm proud of the job that he has done thus far. Uh, Green Bay, very fortunate to have that talented guard and have three more years of that talent coming their way. He has definitely blossomed in one of the top players in the conference. couple more Horizon League men's basketball news and notes. Wright State moves up to number 10 in the latest collegeinsider.com mid-major top 25 poll. Northern Kentucky also receiving votes. You would think that a win over the Raiders tomorrow will definitely propel them into that conversation. The Norse, as I mentioned, are writing a five-game winning streak and boast the best scoring defense in the conference at 64.3 points per game. They rank third in the NCAA in three-point field goal percentage defense, allowing teams to shoot just 26% from deep. And that'll be another key to look for tomorrow night in their matchup against Wright State. 
Let's move on over to Milwaukee, Tejan Lucas. Uh, Tejan Lucas is fourth during Horizon League play with 18 points per game and is also the league leader in steals, third in assists, and top 10 in field goal percentage. Milwaukee having a solid season thus far, four and three in conference play. They're right now, they're not an easy out in the conference and it's because of production, uh, that you're getting from guys like Tejan Lucas, uh, who's just a very well balanced player doing it at both ends of the floor. One of the top scorers in the league and one of the top defenders. Congratulations to him uh, on the successful start to the Horizon League season. IUPUI's Marcus Burke and Jalen Minnett are two of the top three scorers in the conference. Burke is averaging 19 points per game. Minnett is scoring 18.7. In addition, Elijah Goss is the top rebounder with 14.6 boards per Horizon League contest. I mean... For fi- almost 15 boards a game. That is beyond impressive. And uh, again, IUPUI not having the best uh, from a wins-loss perspective start to the season, but it is nice to see the, the base of what they're trying to build around uh, big-time producers in the conference, and I'm excited to see how that team continues to gel and grow uh, around that talent that they have. All right, let's move over to the women's basketball side of things. Let's start at the top of the standings. We'll take a peek there. The IUPUI Jaguars, 13-6 and overall, 7-1 and in Horizon League play, currently have a one-game lead over the Wright State Raiders, who are kind of nipping at the heels of the Jaguars. Wright State, 5-2 and in conference play. One of those losses coming against the Jaguars over the last couple games, and they're looking to remain at the top. The Raiders will have the Detroit Mercy tonight on ESPN3, a 7 o'clock tip-off. I'll be on the call with Scott Leo for that one. And then the Raiders will, of course, uh, on Saturday, welcome in the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. So a big one there. As far as the IUPUI Jaguars are concerned, they will be at UIC uh, coming up on Saturday. So they have a big one coming up as they look to remain at the top, trying to fight off the Raiders, who have an opportunity to get two big wins this weekend. But it will not be easy. As far as the schedule for the women's side of things is concerned, the Oakland Golden Grizzlies will be at Northern Kentucky tonight. As I mentioned, Detroit at Wright State. Tomorrow night, Milwaukee at Cleveland State and Green Bay at Youngstown State. Saturday will feature three matchups, Detroit at NKU, Oakland at Wright State, IUPUI at the Flames, and then Sunday will close out Horizon League women's basketball play, at least for this week, Milwaukee at Youngstown and Green Bay. At Cleveland State, Horizon League women's basketball news and notes in this week's College Insider mid-major top 25 poll, IUPUI remained at number 20, while Cleveland State and Wright State both continue to receive votes. IUPUI's Rachel McElmore finished the weekend averaging 14.5 points for the Jaguars as the IUPUI picked up wins at Green Bay and Milwaukee. How big is that for the Jaguars when you have Macy Williams, uh, again, a player, the the preseason player of the year, and now you're getting other contributions from players like Rachel McElmore, averaging just under 15 a game. When you're getting that solid contribution from multiple players on the floor at any given time, that's what's allowing the Jaguars to have the successful start to the season that they have had. As far as the Wright State Raiders are concerned, sophomore guard Angel Baker scored 29 points for the Raiders this past Friday night as Wright State earned a road win at Northern Kentucky. Chelsea Olson of Youngstown State University had a milestone week for the Penguins. She surpassed 750 career points, 500 career rebounds, and 250 career assists. She becomes just the third Youngstown player to do so. What a well-balanced player she is. She can do it all. She can score. She can rebound. She shares the rock real well. She is the perfect glue player and leader that you want on any roster. In Horizon League women's basketball play, Wright State's Tyler Frierson tops the league in rebounding as she is the league leader in 9.6 rebounds 
per game. All right, and that's your news and notes for both men and women's Horizon League basketball heading into the weekend. Again, game, women's basketball games tonight, the big one tomorrow night on ESPNU for the men's side of things as Northern Kentucky, uh, the number two team in the Horizon League, will be on the road at number one, Wright State. That is a big one. So let's talk about that more. Let's dive into that matchup and talk about the season that Northern Kentucky has had up until this point. Darren Horn taking over for John Brandon has basically just picked up where John Brandon left off. This team's still battling it out at the top of the conference. They've had some big wins already. They've won five straight, all by double digits, and they look to keep that momentum rolling tomorrow night at the Nutter Center. So let's talk about this team's success with the voice of the Norse, Jim Kelch, his visit being brought to you by Zervita. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kenner with you here. We bring on our next guest. Of course, all interviews on the Reach the Horizon podcast being brought to you by Zervita. We bring on the voice of the Norse and Northern Kentucky, Mr. Jim Kelch. Jim, welcome in. How are you? Good, Justin. Good. Hope you're doing well as well. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on with us here again. Wright State, Northern Kentucky coming up on Friday night on ESPNU at 9 o'clock tip-off. Do you like those late tip-offs? What are your, what are your thoughts on these later tip-off times? Well, I think if I had my druthers, I'd rather tip off earlier, but uh, the 9 o'clock tip is, is fine. I mean, it's an easy drive up and back for us here from Northern Kentucky to Dayton, so that won't uh, pose a problem. And uh, if more people get to see the game because it's on ESPNU, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Absolutely, and there's going to be a lot of hype heading, or there already is a lot of hype heading into this matchup on Friday night. Let's talk about Northern Kentucky. After losing uh, two straight earlier on to start conference play, they've won five straight since January 5th, all by double digits. Uh, Darren Horn's done a tremendous job with this team taking over, uh, you know, taking over this season. But what has clicked over the last five games, Jim, that all of a sudden this team just seems to be, I mean, rolling every win by double digits at this point? Well, I think uh, with a new coach coming in, Justin, you know, you're going to have different philosophies and different ways that things are done offensively and defensively. And and then the injuries that have occurred to this team, most notably to uh, to Jalen Tate and out of Dantes Walton. So this team has had to try to kind of reinvent itself two or three different times this year to adjust to players in slightly different roles due to the fact that uh, other players were injured. And I think that was the case up in Detroit when they lost to Detroit Mercy. And uh, and maybe to a certain degree even when they lost to Green Bay, although I think Green Bay is kind of a sleeper team in the, in the Horizon League. But they've really been able to adjust quickly after a game or so to the new role and uh, – uh, the defensive philosophy that Darren Horn brings is sort of a unique one. He really believes in a matchup zone type defense. It has uh, qualities of man. It has qualities of zone. And almost to an opponent this year, it has given teams trouble because they kind of stand out there like, do we run our man offense? Do we run our zone offense? We're not quite sure. And NKU has been able, for the most part, to take some of the top scorers that have played against them out of their game. Now, whether that can occur Friday night up, up at uh, the Nutter Center against Dayton remains to be seen, against Wright State, rather, remains to be seen. But that has been, by and large, the case thus far this year. Jim Kelch with us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast uh, of the Horizon League. You know, I mentioned Darren Horn and the job he's done uh, in, in his first year taking over for John Brandon. John Brandon taking the Cincinnati job last year. When you first heard that John Brandon was leaving, uh, did you? What were your thoughts on 
uh, the type of coach that they should get. Does Darren Horn fit that? And just again, talk about the job that he's done, not just dealing with the injuries, but from the time that he took over, transitioning over to now. You know, when John was first announced as the head coach at UC, I thought uh, that it was inevitable, not that he would go to UC, that he would leave. I mean, he takes three straight teams to the postseason, two of those of, of which are the NCAA. So I, I think people at NKU knew that it was going to happen. They didn't know whether it would be last year or this year, even the year before that, after the NCAA and then the NIT trip, they figured there was an opportunity that he could leave. So I, I think like most people, Justin, it was uh, the thought of the inevitability of the fact that it was going to happen and uh, NKU would then have to move on to a new coach. There was a, a, a frantic uh, a phone call maze out there of people calling this person and calling that person, trying to figure out who was going to be the guy. What have you heard? What <laughs> names have been thrown out? And uh, uh, Darren Horn's name, I'll be honest, was, was one that was thrown out, but for some reason was not one that seemed to be uh, a leader. Pat Kelsey's name, who's from the area, seemed to be the guy that everybody was leaning towards. And then when they hired Darren Horn, immediately you go to the research and try to figure out, okay, what, what has he done? Where has he been? We knew, we knew Darren Horn from his playing days over at, uh, in Lexington. We knew him from his playing days at Western Kentucky. The fact that he had been a coach at, at WKU and then in the SEC at South Carolina. And he had had uh, a decent amount of success, although uh, after his South Carolina stint came to an end, he was in television for a while and he was an assistant at Texas for a while. And so when he gets this job, a couple of things that really impressed me at his news conference, one was that he said he felt he became a better coach by having to go back and be an assistant, and also from working in television. He felt working in television made him more of uh, an understanding guy as to what the media was going through to try to get what they needed from the head coach and assistant coaches as well. And then the other thing he said that really was impressive to me, he said that NKU had had a decent amount of success, but they were still looking for that signature win. They had not had a signature win in, in non-conference play. They had not had a signature win in the tournament yet. So he said they've had some success, two regular season titles, two NCAA trips, an NIT trip, but they were still looking for that signature win, and that was something he was going to work at by improving the schedule and getting bigger names onto the schedule. You saw it a little bit this year, and I think as years to go, years to come, it will, it will improve even more. But Darren Horn has been a joy to work with from the broadcast standpoint, and I, I really have enjoyed watching him and his staff coach and really have enjoyed the conversations that we have had with him on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah, I really love uh, Coach's energy. I, I had him on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about his passion for the university as a whole. I mean, there's not many coaches where you see he'll he'll grab boxes of apparel and just go walk around campus and make sure if he sees people wearing other teams' uh, apparel, he makes sure that they get an NKU shirt or whatever. I love that energy, and I love that he's taken that passion to the campus as well just to help kind of build the excitement on campus. I love watching him do those types of things as well. He did a lot of that when he first got here over the summer and into the fall. He was throwing out T-shirts and, and different things for people to wear. He really was encouraging of the students to come out and support the team at BB&T Arena. There's a great student section there, and it had been starting to build over the course of the last couple of years, but he's kind of made it a priority that he really wants to get a 1,000 students per game in there. He hasn't gotten to that figure yet, 
but he keeps pushing it. He talks about it. And uh, I would agree he's pretty all in on NKU right now. And uh, he feels that even though they've had success, they can have more success uh, down the road uh, with him leading the way. And uh, uh, he's very respectful of what John Brandon did, but feels that he can take it even to, uh, uh, to the next level. You know, you talked about, you know, John Brandon from last year, obviously losing Drew McDonald and, you know, graduating. He was such a storied part of the success for the last couple of years as part of this program. But there's a lot of returning players from the success of those teams the last couple of years as well. Tyler Sharp's been amazing and fun to watch. I mean, that team feeds off of his energy, obviously. What have the returning players been like in your eyes and watching their leadership again in this transition period over to Darren Horn's regime at this point? What, is, what has it been like watching those players kind of accept the challenge and take the challenge head on of being the leaders of this group moving forward? Well, with Drew McDonald gone, there were still four starters coming back, but there was a new coach and these guys had had success and they had a certain way of doing things. So the big question was how are they going to adjust to a new style and a new coach and, and the new lingo and the way that he wants to do things. And I was amazed at how quickly they bought in and, and uh, uh, adopted the style that he wanted to play. It's a little more free-flowing, both offensively and defensively, than John Brandon's style was. His was pretty strict with a lot of rules. They have rules here that they follow, but it's a little more free-flowing than, than the Brandon offense was. And we kind of equated a lot, a lot of times on the air to uh, a summer league play where guys just could run up and down the floor and uh, and it seems like there's no real structure to what they're doing. Oftentimes you'll think that NKU's offense is without structure, but it's just the way that he has them playing. They have two or three options on everything that they do and everything that they see defensively, and he likes them to be able to react versus thinking, okay, We've got to do this. We have to do that. He says there's only a couple of things they really need to, to think about, and if they execute those things, they should have the success. So uh, guys like Jalen Tate, uh, Trayvon Faulkner, Tyler Sharp, you mentioned Justin, Dantez Walton, even though he's been out now for a while, they adapted very well. Things were going well until Tate got hurt. Then they had to make an adjustment, and Bryson Langdon has come in, done such a good job at the point guard spot. And then now Dantes Walton is down, and it took him two or three games to figure out, okay, who's going to pick up the slack scoring-wise with Walton out? Turned out it was Tyler Sharp, and now lately it's been Trayvon Faulkner who has scored in double digits in eight straight games. So they had to adapt, and we talked on the coaches' show earlier this week. When Walton comes back, and it's inevitable that he will, although we don't know when, then there'll be another adjustment period where they have to fit him back to what they're doing. It'll be interesting to see, but hopefully – he will come back at a pretty good time leading into the end of the conference season and into the tournament. Is there a timetable for, for Dantes Walton? Is there an estimated timetable for when he should be back? Well, I think that they probably have more of a timetable than they are letting on. Uh, it would be a total shocker if he plays this weekend against Wright State, maybe even next weekend. Next weekend is the Wisconsin trip for NKU. They go to Milwaukee and Green Bay. There's a possibility, I think, that he could play in that one. But if he does not play up there, it wouldn't shock me at all. He's missed, what, uh, eight games, I think, now in a row. And uh, he, we do see him shooting around in practice. We do see him warming up with the team prior to the game. So he is doing some basketball activities, but there's a number of uh, uh, check marks that have to be uh, uh, cleared until he'll be ready to actually play in games. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You talked about the transition process of dealing with players out due to injury. Uh, you know, we have Wright State NKU coming up on Friday. Wright State went through this in the non-conference. They lost Loud and Love uh, for a significant amount of time throughout non-conference, and they had players get minutes that were not getting minutes at the beginning of the season, guys like Grant Basile and others. Grant Basile kind of grew into his own during or during Loud and Love's absence, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing with NKU. It's never a good thing to have one of your top players out, but sometimes there is that silver lining of players stepping up and getting opportunities that weren't there before. And now you're only going to get deeper when you get a guy like Walton back, just like Wright State when they got Loudon back. I, I'm a, I watched uh, Walton in, in high school. I'm a big fan of his, and watching the success he had early, I was bummed to see him go out, but I'm pulling for when he gets back. I think NKU is going to be really exciting, even more so when he comes back. Well, Darren Horn has said about Dantes Walton that if there's one guy in this group that really has uh, improved and, uh, and uh, was willing to adopt the new style that he brought in, it was Dantes Walton. I mean, this is a guy who had a decent season last year, and he's had a decent career, but his three-point shooting would lag in the second half. This year, he's shooting over 40% from three, leading the league in, in that department, and I think that he just has gained a terrific amount of confidence from the positions that Darren uh, Horn has put him in. And so, uh, yeah, this team really misses Dantes Walton. But to your point, Justin, regarding injury, when Jalen Tate went down, a little-used sophomore who was almost, and I say this respectfully, almost an afterthought coming into NKU. Bryson Langdon, just a 5'9 sophomore out of Chicago. He played Juco ball last year. He came in, and after a bit of a shaky start, has really been tremendous. We were talking the other day. He's only committed eight turnovers in the last seven games for NKU. This is a point guard averaging over 30 minutes a game, so he's really done an excellent job that way. And then recently with Dantes Walton out, not that Adrian Nelson has picked up his scoring, but Adrian Nelson has had an opportunity to get more minutes with Walton out, and now he's had four consecutive games of double-digit rebound efforts. So you're, you're exactly right. When some guys go down, others get an opportunity, and it gives them a, a chance to really step up. And when the injured players come back, gives you the depth that maybe you weren't quite sure you had, but now you figure you do because these guys were given an opportunity and showed what they could do. The voice in Northern Kentucky, Jim Kelch, with us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. His visit brought to you by Zervita. Jim, as we send you out, we'll focus on this Friday night's matchup, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, NKU at Wright State on Friday. This is a big one for a lot of reasons. Yes, you have one versus two, and it's you know ultimately big picture, probably going to come down to these two teams at the end of the season. But with that being said, there's also been a rivalry that has developed over the last couple of years between these two programs. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they've been two of the most successful programs in the program in, in the league over the last few years. Does any other matchup for NKU bring this kind of buzz like the Wright State matchup does? I mean, how, how big of a rivalry is this in the eyes of Northern Kentucky between the fan base, the program itself? I know how it feels here in Dayton. I'm just curious what it's like over in NKU for this matchup. Well, I think you hit on a lot of the big points, Justin. These two teams have been the top of the league particularly with Oakland slightly falling off here in the last couple of seasons. I mean, you're talking about the last two regular season champions, the last three teams, the last three years, the last two teams to go to the NCAA are these two schools. They had a terrific matchup in the uh, conference tournament final last year up in Detroit, which NKU prevailed in. They've had some battles up there at the Nutter Center. Same thing down here at DB&T. I mean, over the course of the last three years, these two teams are separated by a game or two in terms of conference record. And in the ten meetings that they've had since both have been in the Horizon League, they're split evenly at 5-5. 
seven of the ten games have been decided by seven points or less. So, you know, Wright State has its its big three in, in Loud Love and Bill Wampler and Cole Gentry. NKU has its three big players going into this game in Jalen Tate, Trayvon Faulkner, Tyler Sharp with Walton out. So it's just going to be, uh, I think, a terrific matchup. Both play very good defense. And, uh, but I, in the end, I think that NKU's defense will be the difference in the game. I could be dead wrong, but as, I, as I've watched them this year, I think their defense has been unique enough that it has thrown teams off their game, and NKU's been able to prevail. And uh, I think that will happen on Friday night. Yeah, you talk about that 5-5 five and five split over the last 10 games. Unfortunately for Wright State and fortunately for NKU, two of those five wins have been in the postseason, have been in the Horizon League tournament. Most recently, of course, uh, the Horizon League title game from last year that sent NKU to the NCAA tournament for the second time in the last three years. Jim Kelch, again, the voice of the North and Northern Kentucky. Jim, thanks so much for your time. We're looking forward to the matchup on Friday night between the Raiders and the Norse on ESPNU, and of course you'll have the call uh, for the Norse uh, for Northern Kentucky on Friday. It's going to be a fun one. It will be fun. I look forward to seeing you, Justin, as always. And uh, We can't wait to get to the Nutter Center and uh, get it going between NKU and Wright State. All right, great stuff there. Again, Jim Kelch, the voice of the North and Northern Kentucky. His visit brought to you by Zervita. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this matchup tomorrow night. It's one of the biggest of the season, the Raiders and the Norse. These two teams are regularly duking it out uh, for the rights to either the regular season title or the Horizon League title. You heard that stat right there. The last 10 meetings between these two is a dead split. Five wins for the Norse, five wins for Wright State. Two of the five wins for the North and Northern Kentucky, as I just mentioned, coming in the postseason. And that's when it counts the most in the most recent win for the North coming in the Horizon League Championship game from last season. Of course, that propelled them to their second NCAA tournament. Uh, not just in program history, but second visit in the last three years. And they know that the path to get back there again is going to be through Wright State. And Wright State knows that their path to get back there for them uh, from two years ago is obviously through Northern Kentucky. So a lot on the line tomorrow night, 9 o'clock the tip-off, and you can catch the game on ESPNU. All right, just as a reminder and as a thank you to our loyal listeners, I want to give you an opportunity to save some money. If you are going to or planning to attend the Men and Women's Horizon League Basketball Championships in Indianapolis, and of course you are, uh, when you go to purchase the tickets, go to horizonleague.com and at checkout, enter the promo code HLPODCAST at checkout and you will save $5 per ticket. That's right, HLPODCAST. Enter that promo code at checkout at horizonleague.com and you will be able to save $5 per ticket. And that is our thank you to you for being loyal listeners of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. That wraps it up for us to continue keeping track of all the behind-the-scenes stuff and up-to-the-minute up uh, updates and news and notes around the conference. Make sure you're following along on social media. You know you can get all the information at the website at horizonleague.com, but give them a follow at Horizon League on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, what have you. Anywhere that you could find the Horizon League on social media, use the hashtag or use the search or the uh, the handle, I should say, at Horizon League. That wraps it up for us. Until next week, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.